0: This episode of Chris Tries to Review Wine is brought to you by dreidels. Dreidels. They're God's fidget spinners. This episode is also brought to you by latkes. Latkes. They're like pancakes, but salty. (laughs) Hey, Ian. Hey Chris! Uh, happy Hanukkah! Happy Hanukkah! Thank you very much. It is uh, Wednesday. It's Wine Wednesday. What night of Hanukkah is this? It is the fourth night of Hanukkah. I'm so excited. It's worth a halfway point. Yes. Halfway home. Halfway home. I can't wait. How's your Hanukkah been so far? My Hanukkah has been delightful. Has it been four crazy nights? It has been four like pretty pretty active nights, I'd say. I'm sure. That's exciting because nightlife is a big topic here on Chris Tries to Review Wine. Nightlife is where we go to enjoy our wine. It's true. But also day life, morning life, and afternoon life. And, and in fact, Hanukkah kind of spans all parts of the day, right? You you light the menorah at night, right? Right. But the whole, the whole week is imbued with meaning. Yes, once that sun goes down on the first night of Hanukkah, it is Hanukkah from that point on. It's like a non-stop rager. It is a Hanukkah marathon. Wow, kind of like a Christmas movie marathon, but shorter because Christmas movie marathons start in October. Right. Exactly. Wow. Actually, that sounds more convenient, because there's really too much Christmas movie marathon. I'd prefer just like a week and change. And Hanukkah, you just get your week in, you're over with. It's very efficient. Leave it to the Jews to make the most efficient holiday I could celebrate here on a new episode of Chris Tries to Review Wine. Hit it, guys. Recording live in New York, it's Chris Tries to Review Wine! With your special guest, Ian Brodsky! A delicious bottle of Israel's finest Barkin Classic Cabernet Sauvignon! Musical guest, Randy Newman! And your host, the man who puts the oh no in wino! Chris Barlow. Okay, hey. Hey. Uh, happy Hanukkah again. It is great to have you back, Ian. I am very happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Chris. Oh, thank you always for being not just a great guest, not just a great friend, but one of the producers of this show. Oh, yeah, that's true. Isn't that a funny coincidence? Oh, yes. Ian Brodsky, of course, is one of the Dapper Devils of Dapper Devil Productions. It me. It it him. And he happens to be uh, my resident expert in all things Jewish. I I guess that's true, yeah. I'll I'll admit, I say that to every Jewish friend I have. I just, I I walk up to them occasionally and go, hello, this is Amalia, my resident expert in all things Mm. Jewish. And she goes, Chris, it's offensive when you just say that to people. Clearly she doesn't know how to take a compliment, so... That's what I'm saying! And that's why I invited you to be my extra special Hanukkah guest. I'm honored. I I have an extra special Hanukkah wine for us. Ooh! Kind of like a Hanukkah treat. I don't. I don't know if there's like a, you know, candy canes at Hanukkah. Yes, there is actually. Wait what, wait, what are they? So as you mentioned, this episode is sponsored by Dreidels. Yes. And in the game of dreidel, you play for it can be coins or it can be chocolate gelt, which is just chocolate coins. So I think it is fair to say chocolate gelt is the candy canes of the Hanukkah season at Ibroski if you care to drag me. Uh, amazing. Amazing. And and that makes me think, I have chocolate advent calendars. Is mm. this yet another thing that Christianity just knocked off of another religion? You know, I wish I could say for sure, but I don't know. I'm just going to assume yes, because, um, you know, why not? Hey, it makes perfect sense to me because Christmas is just knocked off of the pagan solstice. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't we just take our advent calendars filled with cheap store-bought chocolate from our good friends who basically founded our religion, actually. Right. It I mean, makes, it makes perfect sense. I mean, congratulations on, like, the best-selling sequel of all time, though. Thank you very much. You're you know, welcome. it's no Da Vinci Code, but it's almost as good. It's almost. It's it's up there with it. I know. And it makes an equally disturbing movie. <laughs> but what I really want to talk about today is this Israeli wine, because I went on a bit of a pilgrimage last weekend. I journeyed down to my temple the Trader Joe's Wine Shop, and I went straight for the kosher wine aisle because I, I knew we're celebrating a Jewish holiday. we better be kosher. I-, I don't actually know if that's a rule at Hanukkah, but I felt like, you know, as a good goyim, I better over-prepare and make things awkward. You know, um, it helps. I- I'm trying. Uh, too much, clearly. So I went down to the kosher wine aisle, and of course, it is a wider variety than you would think because you can get kosher wines from all over the world. Really? You know, Chile. France, America, but I wanted to bring you something chosen. Chosen specially by me and perhaps God, which is why I brought you Barkin Classic. It is a Cabernet Sauvignon from Galilee. Galilee! Ooh, a chosen wine for the chosen people. I know. A true Israeli Cabernet. And it turns out Israel actually has a decent wine-growing climate. It's Mediterranean, if you will. Mm. Or to put it another way, it's the same latitude as San Diego. Really? Yes, another place that has trouble with walls. But a more interesting fact in my mind is that Israel is actually about the same size as New Jersey. You're kidding me. I'm not. So imagine having a bunch of wineries in New Jersey, like right over the border. Because there are over 300 wineries in Israel and counting. Wow. Could you imagine if you walked across the George Washington Bridge and just stumbled into a vineyard? It would make New Jersey much more appetizing. I know. But sadly, New Jersey is just New Jersey. Mm. Thankfully, Israel is home to many interesting wines and boutique vineyards, and we're about to try one of those Cabernet Sauvignons right now. Go ahead and sniff that wine as loudly as possible. Now tell me, what comes to mind? Glue. Glue? Yeah, actually, I, I could kind of see what you mean there. It it, uh, it smells, um, kind of inherent. Yeah, or like I could maybe lacquer a table with it. Like a little shellacki. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. Not so toxic that I'll pass out from the fumes, but I'm pretty sure that if I drink it, I'll corrode my insides. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, now that we know that much, will this gluey wine stick to our tongues with flavor? You know it does kind of stick. I have to say, yeah. There is definitely a lasting finish sticking to my tongue. I noticed that. It's got a, a it's got an aftertaste. Yeah, what is that though? It's um it's fruity. Mhm. It's dry as well. For sure, it's dry. But what is that fruity thing? It's kind of raspberry? I think so. Not jam. Though. It's jammy, but it's not raspberry jam. Mm. It tastes a little like fake raspberry. It's like a raspberry jello. I actually kind of love that. Oh, yeah. It's like if Jell-O made a flavor called dry raspberry. Mmm. Right? Yes. Mmm. Which would be a... I don't know a pretty classy Jello flavor when you think about I it. I think so. Uh, yeah, actually, now that you've unlocked that for me, I'm really enjoying this much more than I I thought I would on the first sip. Me too, actually. Actually, I do love a good Cabernet Sauvignon, but um, yeah, this is this is delightful. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know if I would call this a good Cabernet Sauvignon, but I wouldn't say it's bad either. It's more like an, a good table wine. Right, you know. I on. agree. You know, you get that red. That's just like, oh, it's not. It's just a table red. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I don't know. It's on the table. Drink it. That's yep. That's it. If you put this on the table, I'd be like, I'll drink that. Right. I, I'd I'd be happy to. Let me help you with that. Absolutely. Oh, my, my pleasure. Let let me like let me like put forth my share in this. Yes. Yes, coming together as a community for me to help you drink your wine. At the table. Yeah. Isn't that what the holidays are about? It is. You know, I come from a proud tradition of white American people. So we know that the holidays are about coming together to drink. Yes. Uh, obviously as my expert Jewish guest you have a lot of uh a deep personal knowledge of Jewish culture and so I want to know like how does wine fit into your culture as a Jewish American um as as a Jewish American prince um thank you your Highness. you're welcome it's great to be here you know it isn't much different than celebrating with wine at any other cultural event um, however we do have a special blessing for the the fruit of the vine um, and it is set at every high holy day and um it's a lot of this kind of wine actually it's a lot of dark reds or if you're my family and you keep up with the podcast you'd know um a lot of pinot gris and grigios they love their pinot grigios don't they true the Brodsky clan I know this and yet I've never met them I Um, hope they are deep fans of the podcast they are they actually listened to this episode and uh, my mom told me how excited she was that we reviewed a pinot gris Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm so excited. Hi, Ian's mother. Thank you for subscribing. Please tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever they get their podcasts. Thanks. (laughs) Yes. And so, um, kosher wines, uh, as we discussed, while not necessarily necessary, um, are definitely helpful because, for example, I do have family who keeps kosher. Right, it's it's optional to keep kosher all the time, but there are certain holidays that uh, demand it more than others. Yes, like Passover there very specific dietary restrictions. Ah! You know, uh, in my Catholic family, we have some very specific dietary restrictions right around Christmas, where basically it's called a liquid diet, and all you can do is continuously drink until Christmas is over. What are you drinking? Oh, uh, the great thing about Catholicism is it's a really open, uh, equitable religion that treats all alcohols equally. Ooh, that's very nice of you guys. you know, uh, a whiskey can become a priest, uh, a pinot grigio can become a bishop. Ooh. You know, actually, in Catholicism, uh, the only thing that doesn't touch children is the liquor. Ooh, I learned something today. I know, thank you. I brought some of my cultural experience to you. It's a cultural exchange now. And as, a, and as a tall child myself, I feel touched. Oh, thank you. Again, but I didn't touch you. Don't say the Catholic touched you. You can say that I inspired you or brought you closer to God. Those things are allowed. You know, it, it is feeling very white man's burdeny now. Yeah, thank you very much. That is basically the theme of this podcast. Yes. It's so difficult to be a middle-class white man today it in this is. country, in this time. Who will give us the respect that we demand? Sure. Certainly don't deserve. Right. Whew. Us how us, us uh, Jews, however, um, we've been just wandering around for millennia. We have our Manischewitz and our, uh, I, I'm sorry, remind me the Barkin name, Classic. our Barkin, Barkin Classic, Barkin Classic, which are nice and sweet or like kind of dry, but nothing too dry because God knows we're already too dry. Wow, you are an awfully dry wit. Ian Brodsky, which reminds me, people can hear more of that wit on your podcast, which is back. We've talked about it before, but yes. it was taking a nice break at the time. It was. It was on its summer hiatus. Oh, I could use a summer hiatus. So I basically, agree. you're saying your podcast is an elementary school teacher? Yes, um, that that checks out. Uh, I can't wait to listen to that, and in fact, I really can't wait to be on it again. Yes, our. Wonderful host Christopher Barlow will be on uh, the thing that happened this week. This week. This week I know this is a lot of synergy this week. It is so much we've synergy. Got a high holy holiday We've got a podcast and then a podcast crossover event There's so much synergy in the air. And it is beautiful And that is what the Chris Mahana Kwanzaa Dawn season is all about. That's what I was gonna say My favorite carol this time of year goes it's the most Synergistic time of the year. Ding dong, ding dong. Yeah, you know that one. I do. Oh, it's a favorite. It is. It's it's one of those like universal kind of carols. Like we learned it in Hebrew school. That makes me ask you a very important question about this wine. Hmm. Because this wine would be great at a Hanukkah party. It would. M- maybe a, a Friendsmica? Is that what you do when you have Hanukkah with friends? Ooh, it is now. Friendsmica? I could bring this to a Friendsmica, but is it a universal? holiday wine, could I show up with my Barkin mm-hmm. classic at a Christmas party and say, hey, it's time to dig on the Holy Land? I think you could. You know, I think I could too, because as I imagine it, Mary and Joseph take take to the manger, she's ready to give birth, and Joseph's like, oh man, this is gonna be a long night. Does anyone have a drink? And it's, it's, you know, they're in the Middle East. So somebody's like, actually, I've got this uh, wine from Galilee. Yeah, we got like 300 vineyards, here's one. Yeah, here you go, have a sample. Have a sample, and I'm sure he was like, you know, I dig it. And then just like at the Trader Joe's wine shop, he quietly backed away and then bought something cheaper instead. Mmm. You know, that's the beautiful history of our shared religions. It's true. There's so much crossover. Oh, now I know why we get along so well. You know, it's about time we figured that out. And it leads me to one of my favorite questions. Ian Brodsky, how much did this cost? (laughs) Now think about it for a moment, because like I said, I picked this up at the Trader Joe's wine shop, but I didn't just go for any old kosher wine. I was choosing an Israeli wine, and specifically I looked at which one seemed the most popular. So what do you think would come up as the most popular Israeli wine at Hanukkah time? What will Ian guess? How much did this wine really cost? Stay tuned, because we'll find out after this word from our sponsors. Alright Ian, this is the moment of truth. How much did it cost? $11.49. 11.49. Ooh, I like that guess because that is exactly the kind of price I would have been willing to spend on this wine. But in reality, it was only 9.99. Very nice. I know. What a bargain. And I have to say, this is probably like 11.99 or 12.99 at a regular wine shop, mm. right? So your price is actually I think Spot on for what you should expect to pay for this and you know average we we Jews love a bargain I can say that you can't I was gonna say we Catholics love a bargain It's what I know listen I don't know why that's become such a stereotype of your people. I have no idea You know my people I grew up with my people and I'll tell you my people wash and reuse plastic cups Yikes! In the dishwasher! Yikes on bikes! But hey, it is better for the environment. Sure! It's also kind of gross though, they get stained. But I have to say, I think this is a great deal for anyone, and I would happily drink it out of a stained, reused plastic cup that my father washed in the dishwasher. I don't yet see again. why not. Wow. It's like we have so much in common. It's true. But how much in common do we have? If I said, name your rating of this wine on the count of three, and I did the same, would we say the same number out of five? Okay. Are you ready? I'm Ian ready. Ian Brodsky, this is the moment. Are we all one world together? Mind meld, mind meld, mind meld. I will say three, two, one, and after one, you will say the number that you give this wine. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Four well, I liked it. I didn't like it that much. That's fine. But I liked it. You do make me think. Okay, maybe a three point five. It really, you know. You know, I'm glad we had like a conversation about it. Strong three, strong three, mm-hmm. not a weak three. Well, I mean, I would give this a weak four point two. A weak four point two and a strong a so- three. If you round both of those, like a three point eight. Sure, I, three point seven. Sure. i yeah, and that's basically the yeah. average between us. That's like a solid GPA. Yes it is. And and I have to say this this wine could get into a decent college. It could. This this does taste like a good SUNY new Paltz wine, which is where I went. So so, you're allowed to say that. Yes. Well, thank you. Again, no hate mail from SUNY students, please. please. Uh, well, actually, they can direct it to you. Where can they find you yeah. for their hate mail on social media? Yeah, well, if you want to drag me, I guess I'm overdue for a dragging. Um, you can find me at iBroski on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me at Brodsky Ian on Facebook. You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Chris Barlow, and you can always find out more about this show online by going to chris to mm. and you can find more photos of this wine more notes about this wine so many things about this wine as well as a link to the thing that happened this week with ian brodsky but i have more to say because this wine has a fantastic label with a fantastic note on the back and if you stay tuned after the credits We'll do a very special dramatic readings of wine labels just for Hanukkah fans. Ooh. I know it's a little bonus content. Bonus content. What do you feel about? As one of my producers, how do you feel about content after the credits? I live for it. Anything that's already like enticed me to stay, and then you're giving me more, it's like what did I do to deserve this? I'm not gonna question, but thank you. As somebody who often listens to podcasts on crowded subway trains and cannot reach their phone to fast forward, being told there will be content after the credits is like the biggest relief in my life. Like I'm going to be stuck listening to these credits no matter what because there is literally a man's armpit in my face, but at least there will be some fantastic original content waiting for me on the other end of it. Yes. Have I hyped up this dramatic reading of wine labels wait. enough? This is very I, exciting. I have to say, it's going to be the best dramatic reading of wine labels ever. It better be. And I know it will be. I was going to say, and if it's not, you can just drag iBroski on social media. Yep. <laughs> and in the meantime, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. And if you join us next week, we'll begin our Christmas Spectacular. Because again, Christmas just takes all of the time. So sorry, it's been great having Hanukkah, but now it's over because it's Christmas Spectacular time. Okay, I'll see myself out. And I don't want to give too much away. But if you stay tuned for our Christmas Spectacular, we'll be bringing back an old favorite and a new hatred. That's a wine that you'll hate so much and you don't even know why yet. I can't wait to find out why. I know it's the best part of the holidays. What will I hate? What will I love? But mostly, what will I hate? It's just like family gatherings. That's the best part of being part of the Chris Tries to Review Wine family, which you, Ian, always are. Thanks, man. I'm happy to be here. Always good to see you, and we'll see you here next week on Chris Tries to Review Wine. Chris Tries to Review Wine is a Dapper Devil production. This episode was produced and edited by Chris Barlow with assistance from Cabernet Sauvignon. You can find Chris on Twitter and Instagram at IamChrisBarlow. And you can find out more about this show and the wines we taste at ChrisTriesToReview.Wine. That's ChrisTriesToReview.Wine. Yes, um, is it time for that dramatic reading of the wine label? Oh my god, Ian, I completely forgot that I was going to do that, and we've just been letting it run this entire time. The the audio is rolling, I'm holding the wine, but in my mind, I'd moved on. To Christmas. Sounds about right. But but for you, I could make a little Hanukkah miracle happen. Well, oh, thanks, man. <clears throat> Barkin Vineyards classic Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Sauvignon is famous for the fine red wines it produces. Argalil vineyards in northern Israel yielded rich, ripe Cabernet grapes during the growing season. Side note, the growing season is a great time to yield grapes. I, I think that's just mm. really good that's vineyard good practice. Yeah, good business. Mm-hmm. which led to the production of truly fine wine. The wine displays a deep ruby red color, a bouquet redolent of spicy berry aromas intermingled with oak and a full rounded body that pairs well with grilled meats and sauces. Wow, that was very dramatic, wasn't it? It was, just dramatic enough. Was that as dramatic as the eight nights the oil lasted in the lamps? Um, you know, it's a close competition, but I think it's up there. Wow. Thank you, Ian. You're welcome. And as always, you can hear more dramatic words here on Chris Tries to Review Wine.